0: In coming to the Pelican Tavern, Pierce had perforce to enter the liberties of the Savoy, that strip by the River Thames where many of the writs that constituted the law of the land did not run. In doing so, he had passed many a sharp eye, and had been studied with care, looks that belonged to men who made their living from taking up miscreants with writs against their name. Most for debt, many were for minor crimes, like those of Charlie Taverner, who had worked as a sharp in the nearby areas to the north, the Strand and Covent Garden, preying on and duping the innocent or the foolish. Outrageous schemes promising fabulous returns, forged lottery tickets, fake watch auctions, and a bit of dipping had been Charlie's stock in trade. Rufus Domit, an innocent sort of fellow who looked younger even than his tender years, had run from an onerous apprentice bond— a crime in the eyes of an unforgiving law. This was the place where he had first met them, and that pair, barring the Sabbath, if Pitt reneged on his commitment, would still be at risk of arrest outside the confines of the liberties, protections or not. Once inside and divested of his boat cloak, home to roaring fires and a healthy fug of pipe smoke, he sought out and parked himself in the same seat as the one at which he had first met them, ordering some much-needed food and a tankard of warming methaglin. This gave him, from the very back of the room, as it had on that foul and windy night, a good view of the door through which he had entered. Pierce had been on the run himself, then, from the King's Bench Warrant so recently alluded to by Philip Stevens, as well as the powerful bailiffs employed by the courts to execute such writs and apprehend the putative villain. His crime, in truth that of his father, had been called sedition, a much more serious transgression than the offences common in the liberties, one that could end at Tyburn if those who hated radical writings were inclined to press matters to an execution. From this very perch he had watched Michael O'Hagan lift a hefty pine bench using nothing but his teeth, an indication, if his height and bulk were insufficient, of his massive natural strength. The giant Irishman had been mightily drunk before his feet, and even more so afterwards. If he had been sober, there was not a press gang in the world could have taken him up without he felled most of those trying. Eyes ranging over the room... Pierce took in the door by the serving hatch, through which he had tried to escape, only to run into those set there to catch their fleeing quarry, which brought about his first encounter with Captain Ralph Barclay, the man he now saw as his mortal enemy. "'Such a ferocious stare, sir! I would not want to be the object of your ruminations!' Pierce looked up at the man who stood before him, into a winning smile in an amiable, handsome face. "'immediately relaxing his own compressed features. "'I was lost in recollection, sir. "'Then damned unpleasant they must have been, Lieutenant! "'I was recalling the night a press gang burst into this very room "'and carted off all the able-bodied men, myself included. "'That was but a year past, was it not?' the stranger said, "'his eye running over the uniform coats with an air of deep curiosity. "'Then you know of it. "'Sir!' It has been the talk of the place ever since, almost the first subject to which I was made aware when I moved my place of business to a set of chambers close by and began to come to the Pelican for refreshment. Allow me to name myself. Arthur Winston. And you, sir, are... John Pierce. And you were pressed that night? I was. An act which is illegal in this part of the metropolis. That made Pierce smile. So unaccustomed was he to that misconduct being acknowledged. The liberties of the Savoy came under the legal jurisdiction of the Duchy of Lancaster, they being the boundaries of the long-gone Savoy Palace, which had been home to John of Gaunt, third son of the King Edward, who won at Crecy, progenitor of the bloodline which had produced in his grandson Henry, the more famous victor of Agincourt. For several centuries, because of its exempt status outside the control of the royal courts, it had provided sanctuary for the less salubrious citizens of London and Westminster. One of the statutes of the liberties, well frequented by Thames watermen, was that it was against the law to seek to press seamen from within its confines.